0: Thank you for coming to our Kirby Woods Christmas Eve service. I want to wish a Merry Christmas to you and your family, especially if you're going to be with us both tonight and tomorrow, double Merry Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to you. Um, And so I, I recognize that tonight there will always be some coming on a Christmas Eve service that may be checking out church for the first time. Maybe you're not particularly even religious at all, but given the the kind of year, the kind of climate we live in that you may have had. Maybe you don't know what else to do, what else to try, and here you are at a church on Christmas Eve and you've never been to one before. I just want you to know, I want to speak to you tonight. I I know sometimes we assume we all know the Christmas story. Uh, We know somewhat about Jesus as a part of pop culture, but I don't want to just assume that we all know that tonight. I want to read the most prominent part of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2 and make some comments that I hope will be encouraging and challenging for you. So if you do have a Bible, you're welcome to look at Luke 2 with me at this famous passage. The background of uh, the context is, is this. It's somewhere around 6 B.C., Yes, gasp, not the year zero, uh, and the scene is in Israel. Mary is the mother of Jesus. She's engaged to a man named Joseph. They live in Galilee, and eventually they're going to head to Bethlehem. Let's read why, Luke 2.1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now, of course, there are many massive pieces of this story that are important to know, recorded in Luke's gospel and also in Matthew's gospel. We have heard in our readings, we have sung in our songs tonight. This baby was long prophesied, he was to fulfill the role of the Jewish Messiah. Uh, Mary had never had relations with Joseph or with any other man. That makes his birth miraculous. It's prophesied and it's miraculous. A miracle of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was born in the prophesied city, the prophesied line of David. And apparently they're not very wealthy people or perhaps the census caused everyone to be overbooked or maybe a snowstorm put the grid down and they couldn't uh, find a place to stay. I don't know. But Mary and Joseph stayed in a place where the animals were kept and they laid newborn baby Jesus in a feeding trough. They wrapped him with strips of cloth. And that makes this a humble entrance into the world for God incarnate. Let's keep reading what happened next in Luke 2, 8. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people." And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So we have this story of a group of shepherds approached by angels. Light explodes into the field. The shepherds are afraid. You would be too. I would be too. And they're told, hey, this is actually good news. This is really good news. The Messiah has been born. He's here. The sky lights up. Angels breaking out, singing glory to God, peace is coming. And so the shepherds go, and they find baby Jesus, just as they were told. And then they glorify God again, because it was just as they were told. Everyone's mind is blown. And so here's a good question, because that's the story. That's the story. Here's a good question for us to ask this Christmas Eve. Why is that a big deal? Why the entourage of angels? Shouting in the night sky, lighting it up. Why the glory of God fill the air and the light show? Why? What's that for? Did that happen when any of you were born? That's a lot of of fanfare. Why did that happen? The answer is found in the words of the prophet Simeon, a prophet of God who was able to hold eight-day-old baby Jesus in his arms. And when he held Jesus in his arms, he looked up at him and said, My eyes have seen salvation, a light for revelation and for glory. What did Simeon know? What did God reveal to him? In the words of the prophet Isaiah, if we been studying, in, if you've been with us at Kirby Woods, the people who have walked in darkness had seen a great light. What kind of do- darkness were they walking in? How about the darkness of fear? where the darkness of the unknown future creeping into your mind? How about the darkness of despair, the darkness of discouragement? When you suffer a loss, you suffer blow after blow after blow, you begin to think any any win in life is impossible. And in the moments of discouragement, you find yourself powering down and saying things like, ah, what does it even matter? Does this life even matter? Who cares? How about the darkness of purposeless wandering in your life? When you feel like you've tried everything there is to try and you really don't know why you exist, you really don't know what you're on this earth to do, what your purpose is, that can feel like being stuck in darkness. What about the darkness of not knowing how to have a relationship with your God? Or the darkness of not knowing what truth is or what to believe about the big questions of life? What about the darkness of not knowing how to please God? Not knowing how to connect with Him? Not knowing what is acceptable to Him? What is pleasing to Him? What about the darkness... Of not knowing how to deal with your own sin, your own guilty conscience, the shame over past things you've done, because that's a darkness we've all experienced. And so the world sits in a fog of darkness, and some try to find their own light through religion, through the pursuit of happiness in their own terms. Some say there is no light to be found. Some have given up on trying to find light in the world. And I would make the case to you tonight that the real joy of Christmas is this. The light has already come into the world. It has broken through the darkness. Jesus grew up to be a man who spoke honestly about himself, who spoke honestly about his purpose and said in John eight 12, we've been saying this every week. I'm going to say it again and I'm going to say it tomorrow. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. I have come to give you life. If you follow me, you will not walk in darkness. That's the promise Jesus makes to you. And so ask yourself, am I following Jesus tonight? Am I walking in the light of the world or in the darkness? You should know all of this, Christmas, his birth, the angels, all of that, was to answer that question in your life. The question of Christmas is not, have you been naughty or nice? That's not it. When we say light and dark, we're not just Christianizing, he's making a list, checking it twice, gonna find out who's naughty or nice. No, the question is, is your heart filled with hope this Christmas? Does your connection to your Lord Jesus Christ make your outlook different than someone who doesn't follow Jesus is there a significant difference in your worship because Jesus came on that christmas morning Jesus is in the business of transferring people from dark into light Colossians 1:13 says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins that's what he does. It's why he was born. It's, it, if a release from the darkness is what you need this Christmas, man, that answer is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. He started as a baby, but he didn't stay a baby. He became so much more. This baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes would grow up. He would become a great teacher with parables and lessons that we still teach to this day. He would call 12 disciples. They'd follow him day and night. He would perform miracles like turning water into wine, healing a blind man, restoring people's sight, feeding 5,000 people with a few baskets of food, walking on water, calming a storm with his word. He would challenge religious leaders of his day who exploited people through false religion, appearing pious on the surface but dead inside. He spent time with people who were outcasts of society, giving his time and energy to those who were considered to be nobodies. And eventually, he would open up, speaking openly about his death. He said that he was the bread of life. He said that he was the Messiah. He said that he was the door to the sheepfold of God. He said that he was the living water. He said he is the resurrection and the life." He said that he was the better bronze serpent that Moses lifted in the wilderness. He said he was the son of man, the ancient of days, in the vision of Daniel. He said he was a king with all authority, not of this world. He said he is the true vine, a true connection to God. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he was appointed to proclaim good news to the poor, liberty to captives, sight to the blind, to set at liberty those oppressed and proclaim the Lord's favor." He said he did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And he would do that as his own people gnashed their teeth at him and shouted, crucify. Jesus was nailed to a cross where the light of the world absorbed all the darkness that you have ever accrued and will experience in your lifetime. And we call that darkness sin. Jesus took all that darkness into the grave where he died for you. On the third day, he was resurrected. The light was brighter than ever in the resurrected body of Jesus. He ascended to the Father in heaven where he is right now, praying for you and reigning as the king of the universe. All of this, all of this, so that you could experience the light of life and not walk in darkness. So that you are... You who are estranged from your heavenly father could enter into a relationship with him and be forgiven of your sins and love your creator so that you can walk in light each day, not caving into the ways of the world and sin, but enjoying fellowship with your God. Faith in Jesus makes all of this possible. Listen, this is not a detour from the Christian Christmas message. This is the Christmas message. God loved us so much that he sent he gave his only son to save us. The light of heaven had to come to the darkness for us. Why do we surround ourselves with light at Christmas time? I think it's to remind ourselves that the light of the world has come. Jesus took on flesh, dwelt among us, offers us grace upon grace, makes the Father known to us, and calls those who believe children of God. Why is it a Merry Christmas? Because no matter what happened in 2022, and no matter what will happen in 2023, the light has come into the world. Our King has come. And so, let us adore Him for that. Pray with me.